Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peacing out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Everybody and welcome in for another episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. Tis I, Colton Robertson, and you are joining me here on our 52-year journey through film. It is week 10, 1979. We're wrapping up the 70s, and who, who am I joined by other than Joseph George getting us all the way through the 70s here? How you doing, uh, buddy? Oh, I'm doing great. It's always a pleasure to be here, and... uh this, this was a good film to wrap up the seventies with. That's for sure. I mean, say. feels indicative of the era, the the you know the counterculture, anti-war sentiment of the time. You know, we're talking nineteen seventy nines apocalypse now, and uh, now interestingly enough, we both did watch the apocalypse now Redux, which mm-hmm. was technically released <laughs> in two thousand one. However, we're gonna go ahead and and talk. You know, we got the, the whole movie version. plus some. So if anything, yeah. we watched the original and, and some, some of the director's cut. And you know? some. So, yeah. Exactly. So let's lay the groundwork for the people. Apocalypse Now released August 15th, 1979. Uh, written by John Milius and Francis Ford Coppola. Narration by Michael Ayer. Based off a novella by Joseph Conrad, Heart of Darkness. Uh, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. This is his third movie in the directorial chair of the 70s for us, as he did Godfather and Godfather 2. Dude has quite the... Uh... Quite the rap sheet yeah, for that's our right. 70s. And I'm yeah. sure he has a, a good chance at best director for the 70s in our award show for the 70s. Uh, you know, go over there and listen to that if you after this, if you've, if you've mm-hmm. caught up with our episodes. But... uh yeah, this was a fucking good movie. I uh, I have reservations about war films a lot. Like, uh, they're typically they they've got to be really well done mm-hmm. to to be good for me. Like, like war Mash, can only go you know, so Mash far. wasn't Mash wasn't yeah. all that. You know, like that was an all right all right film i appreciate the uh the sentiment and the messaging and some of it but it's just like it can fall flat it really can't and this Uh, i don't know if this is a hot take could be but like honestly the war kind of takes a back seat to like the psychological story like i think that's what this movie like this movie i guess you could look at it through two like lenses you could either look at like the war movie look at it as a war movie which it definitely is or you could look at it as like the uh the effects of war yeah like the psychological i mean you're i mean that's basically what this entire movie is. oh yeah the entire movie is the soldier's descent into madness like 
it seemed like the the statement they're making is Marlon Marlon Brando's character, uh, Colonel Walter Kurtz. Like you spend enough time there, you're gonna you're gonna go crazy. That's the like they were like, oh man, this guy was top of his class. He was the best. He was the best of the best of the best in the military. Could have been, could have been general. Could have done all this shit. But no, no. Even even the best of the best of the best in the military went insane mm. during this war. A difference between this movie and Mash is while watching Mash, I really didn't get the feeling of, damn, war sucks. Like yeah, it was, and it was certainly you know the tone of the film. It's different. You're going for a comedy versus a, a drama. But like, this is a movie, and like it's much worse in actual war. You know, like yeah. like this is like even though we're watching people get blown up and legs blown off and like crazy things, like this is still like a sheltered view of war, all kind of, and like it's just like this movie. I guess it had a lot, like, I mean, I guess it's, like, very easily just comparable to MASH because it's, like, the the only other war, war movie we have so our, far. On our but they're, like, just way different movies. Like, they're oh, not yeah, even, and, yeah, uh, like, but, but, you know, they both capture a sentiment of the time. Like, what, what they both kind of say something that needs to be said about uh, the war. Uh, it's, it's clear that there's not good war. No, it's, it ever all been? sucks. But yeah, they both they both capture something that you know kind of needs to be said about war at the time. Like uh, it's no, nothing good. Nothing good can really come of it. Uh, no matter what, in war, everybody loses. That's true. I mean, you and they show that with every example. Like they make sure to let you know. Like. Uh, I don't know, I I just love the like the whole surfing side of this story. You know, just the sheer like uh desensitization. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he has like a woman or I think it was a guy that was like his guts were being held in by like uh yeah. a pain or something like that, you know, and he's like, Oh wait, you know, this guy fought valiantly, he can drink from my canteen anytime, but then they're like, Hey, so some something about the waves, and he's like, Oh, me, Fuck uh, this! Yeah, yeah like, no. <laughs> and he like spills the water, and it's like yeah. it, it captures this really interesting like faux hero complex of the American military in Vietnam. Mm. Like, uh, they feel like they are freeing and liberating, sort of. However, they're slaughtering villages seemingly that like there are moments in this movie where I'm where I'm asking myself who are they even fighting they didn't even touch the smallpox part of like the Vietnam War like the whole like (laughs) like that wasn't even touched at all it was just wiping out like we got the idea though you know like they're, they're here to come kill everybody don't care no yeah it's just uh and what a just a horrible time in history <laughs> oh my god dude. Uh, i mean like it's 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 kind of like it, 
anytime there's a war, it's a horrible time in history. Like, it's like there's shit happening that should not be happening. That's just an objective fact. And, uh, th- this, this was just a painful example at times. And that, and that, the way the distance is like further emphasized more and more throughout the movie between like a, like a disconnect from reality for the soldiers, kind of like them rationalizing what's okay and what isn't okay. Like, uh, I think to Lawrence Fishburne's character who, uh, wow, that is a young, young Lawrence Fishburne. Is it, what was his name? Recognize Clean? him. Clean. Yeah. Clean. Clean, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a good character. He was a really good character. And like I, I I like I hate to say this, but like it was a movie in nineteen seventy nine and as soon as they were like making him a really endearing character, I was like he's gonna die. Yep. And then and then when they made the second most endearing character chief, I was like, God damn, you're gonna kill both the black guys? Yep. That's what's gonna happen here? We're gonna kill both the black guys. Say uh, uh even in MASH, you know, like, I think there was, like, one of the first people to die, I believe, was black in MASH. One of the first people to die in this movie that's, like, on our side, I think. Well, the first person you care about in the movie. Yeah, that's true. I guess the – there's sort of, like, the uh, – who was the guy who was, like, he got his leg blown off, put in the helicopter, and then the helicopter blew up. Oh yeah, yeah, there yeah, was yeah, like yeah, yeah. a sort of connection with that. There, you didn't like. You didn't know. Them as, yeah, you didn't know them though. So, uh, but it was it was interesting though too because it, it it really displayed this. Just even Lawrence Fishburne's character, a character who they did make really endearing at points, was outrageously racist against the Vietnamese, like absurdly like to the point where they make a movement he's he's blowing holes in that entire everybody in that boat mm-hmm. you know I think what i'm if, saying if you're over there you have to do something to justify in your head killing all these people you know right. like if if you're not racist in the vietnam war like you're like the people who are like i need to leave here i don't want to be here you know like it's yeah. really either I'm not going to kill anyone because I don't want to, or like I'm going to kill everyone that I see in sight and it's going to be fun for me. Like that's no, the, the, the militaristic mindset too is just so fascinating because it's like, it's, it's just kind like, it's just kind of demented. Like there's no way around it. It like it. And it's not like n- no hate to soldiers or anything. That's not at all what I mean, but like, the people above soldiers, the people who like send them into these situations, knowing, knowing exactly full well what will happen to them. And is like, cause like, I, I, I think that I, it can be said for, for the most part, certainly that amongst the United States military, they typically, they typically mean, well, the soldiers themselves, you know, protecting freedom, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's really noble. And I appreciate the shit out of that. It's the people above them who are actually fighting for like oil and shit and cheap gas prices and f- stuff like that. It's like, oh, do we need do we need thousands of people dying over this? Uh, no. Is that something that needs to be happening? Did we really uh, need a new state? You know? Yeah. Did we do we really need to to root out 
anything but capitalism that badly. Like, an interesting what if is, like, if the U.S. won the Vietnam War. Which, uh, every time a Vietnam movie comes on, I always think, like, man, what if we would have won? Like, with the, I don't know, like, I don't think it, I, I think it would be way worse <laughs> if we would have oh, won. Like, objectively. Yeah. And I guess the closest thing to that is the Watchmen, right? Like, you actually kind of see it played out a little bit. Yeah, there's th- that kind of what if plays out a little bit in the Watchmen series for sure. Uh, man, this is, yeah, just a, a brutal war. And like the napalm, I I didn't know that this is where uh, love the love smell, the smell of, napalm of napalm in the morning. morning. Yeah, I had no idea that this is where it came from. And whenever it came on, I'm like, oh, like this is cool. Um, yeah, that was instantly the quote for me. Yeah, um, and Robert Duvall's character, he just he played I mean, that role. Dude, it's well. got, like this is his fourth movie he's been in for us in the 70s. He's been like he, it. he has been in the most movies of any actor across our ten movies in the 70s. Uh, and he's been in, he's been an incredible character in every single one of them, and it's mm-hmm. it's so interesting because I've only ever seen Robert Duvall as this as the older man, like a like a, a father figure of some sort in in stuff that I watch, and uh, it's just so wild to see him like young playing different character roles. Mm. Like I don't <laughs> I don't know. There's just something about him that I I, I don't know what I what I expected, but he's he's just kind of blown me away, and. Uh, Martin Sheen in the main in the main role here. Like that's that's Uncle Ben, baby. That, that uh, was kind of weird. Uh knowing that like uh yeah. this is supposed to be the sound and and critical mind that, you know, with great power comes great responsibility and then you just uh you, I mean he just gets it's a downward spiral, man. Like Ooh, uh poor for guy, him. Dude. but uh yeah, it was. well, and like, that's the thing is that he like starts the beginning of the movie. He's not in a good way. No, like he is. He's clearly, uh, clearly battling some post-war uh, triggers that yeah, are they, certainly getting getting him going. They made it known that this guy is suffering from PTSD already, like very yeah. quickly. Like the camera work, I guess it's more editing here but like how they just literally overlaid like yeah his face and then what he's seeing the fan and then the war so like literally yeah. he can't even tell the difference between like uh well he's hearing the fan and it's reminding and, yeah, him like of the helicopters yeah, and like, the helicopters take him to there's the war. no there's like no difference in reality it's just like the war has taken over Completely. Yo, I'm curious. What was the budget? It was a hundred million originally? That's adjusted for inflation. Um, oh, okay. yeah, not seventies dollars. But they very okay. quickly. I was went like, over that. hold yeah, no. the fucking phone. This no. was one hundred million dollars in nineteen seventy nine. Um, that's adjust. I know that that was their original budget, but then they very quickly went over. So <laughs> yeah, that's a, Google that's a classic says for great films. Thirty-one point five million, and I think that's the seven, like the seventies number. So thirty-one point five million. Uh, it's just crazy to me that thirty-one point five million, like forty years ago, is now one hundred million dollars. It um, 
see. I want to make sure that we're doing like the conversion right. So yeah, that's about 120 million today. God damn. That's an expensive flick, no matter how, how you slice it. Uh, a lot of explosions, a lot of helicopter. They probably had to pay like, I don't know if the, the, I, oh, I guess, yeah, I haven't mentioned this yet, but, uh, these helicopters were actually given to Coppola by a military, like a legitimate military that was in war during this time. And uh, I don't know if they paid the military for that or if they the had to. Just they had them. to. There's yeah, no so, way they just lent them. So that's a that has to be an insane amount of the budget for how many helicopter scenes there are. Like just shots of helicopters. Like and there was a scene with helicopters that I was like. That looks an awful lot like Yavin 4 mm. uh, in Star Wars where the X-Wings are taking off and the guys watching them take off. Oh, man. I was like, I think our boy took a, took a little inspiration from our other boy, George mm-hmm. Lucas, here. And, uh, uh, and it was like, it was only that shot. And it was like really specific that it looked like almost the same. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, if you just had to, if you know the shot and, and A New Hope, you know the shot, uh, you probably recognized it. But mm-hmm. It was fantastic. And uh, I uh, did a little – every every after I watch the movie, I do like a little critical reading, like see what other people think just to see if I'm, you know, in the same boat. Mm-hmm. And uh, I lost completely where I was going. <laughs> no, I feel you though because no, I, 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 do, I do a lot of the same thing, especially if it was a long-ass movie. If it like – because this one was three hours and 15 minutes, I kind of do some reading to make sure I remember all the points that I, I want to touch on. Uh, and often I do some critical reading that I just straight up don't agree with. However, mm. I want to touch on those points because I have the converse opinion. Mm. Uh, I, it's like – I remember now Um, it came back to me and that someone said had a like they look at this movie um, in three parts. Um, The first part of the movie is like a Western and you follow like a cowboy, you know, that's being told where to go, blah, blah, blah. Like it's more of a West Western Then the trumpet, whenever the uh, or whatever that uh, I don't think it's a trumpet, but it's a. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly. Starts. From that point and the helicopters take off, it's a war movie. Like, and that, that makes perfect sense. But then the last part of the movie is like the psychological, um, it dives very deeply into the. Just a character study, pretty much. Exactly. And that's, I kind of, like, I kind of agree, like, with this. Like, I, there were very distinct parts of the movie. Um, oh, absolutely. Certainly. Like, I, and a credit to this movie, I originally planned, my original plan was to record this tomorrow, so mm. I've already, but with that in mind, I was going to watch an hour of it on Saturday night, an hour of it on Sunday night, and an hour of it on Monday night. And then you know what I did on Saturday night? I watched the whole fucking movie. Yeah. And, and that's hard. That's hard. It's three hours and 15 minutes. Like, and. I usually, if I'm starting a movie that long, I plan on finding an intermission. Like, I'll find a spot where I'm like, okay, that act is over. Let's go ahead and pause here. I just rode that thing out. Even though there were parts. Yeah, even though there were parts that slowed down a bit. I mean, you were like, 
the story was so good that you were just so invested that you needed to know like how these things were going to turn out. Like, well, and just the way that Martin Sheen's character just like he like hardly interacts with his boatmates. Right? He is really, really enveloped in studying uh, Kurtz. That was his name, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and trying to understand his mindset. And he understood his mindset so much. It was so fascinating to see the way that he, like, because he ultimately does it, you know? He does the deed. But he, he it's like takes his history. Spot repeating itself oh yeah he's becoming yeah. the man that he's sent to kill like yeah oh yeah it's perfect no and, and it, it's and it just shows that like at a point there's no logic to it to the to mm -hmm. the to the fight it's just kill or be killed so go do it mm -hmm. crazy the only bullet or Martin Sheen's character only fired one bullet in the entire movie. God and it damn, was really? to kill the Vietnamese lady on the boat when she was going for the dog. It's the yeah. only time he actually fired a weapon. And the only other kill he has is Marlon Brando's character, which, holy crap. Like. And the way they, like. It, had, it it felt so Francis Ford Coppola the way they lit him and just barely barely, couldn't even see the dude. for yeah. like maybe maybe fifteen seconds. Yeah, you could barely maybe. see him, but you know it's just like you knew that this dude like he's been building up this whole movie. You know, like I I knew that this was Marlon Brando's character. You know, right. like the eventual, and I'm like, okay, like I'm I'm waiting to get to it. Like I I don't. I don't know even what this character looks like at all. Oh, I just and know I did that not anticipate him to look the way that he looked nope. either. That shit knocked me on my ass. <laughs> I like was like, Varys from Game of Thrones. He, I, I got Varys vibes so hard. Um, Varys vibes out the ass. Like, I guess like Varys is very different from this character, but like some of the Wildly words different. like that they said, like kind of like reminded me of like how Varys spoke sometimes, and like uh, no, I could see it. I could see it. But, yeah, ha like, he was just dark, menace. Even his last words, bro, horror, horror. Like, oh, my. Like, how do you write that? You have to be in some state of mind to, like, write this story and direct. Yeah. Like, holy crap. Like, this had to have taken a toll to make this movie. Like, well, and didn't you say before we got on mic here that Francis Ford Coppola had, like, some serious mental health issues involved in making this movie? Yeah, there were – he said that he was going to kill himself because of this movie many, many times, and he had to stop filming, um, and then even had a seizure, um, an epileptic seizure. I don't know the backstory behind that, but the, the idea was that there was just so much stress built up. Uh, yeah. from this movie that this guy like just couldn't handle it and i mean i mean it makes perfect sense he's dealing with legitimate military you know to get some of these things and then you you have to go through this psychological freaking demented storyline and then you see these characters play it so well you know like there's one thing if like 
these were bad actors and like they didn't play the role well but the fact that like they played it so well just makes it seem so much more like no yeah the the acting in this movie was incredible and that's another credit to not only the actors but francis ford coppola's direction it's so clear that he knows exactly what he wants out of each character and he gets it out of each character no matter what uh one of one of the characters in this movie who i was like a couple of them that I was just like, you're fucking kidding me. Like mm-hmm. they're, they make it here. Ah, uh, uh, chef and, uh, the surfer, mm. uh, who yeah, loses his mind a great deal, uh, after he has a bad acid trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Yeah. This movie really, they did a lot of risky things that like, I wouldn't have thought to be in a movie in 79. Like, uh, I don't know, it took a lot of, I mean, it is a war film, so. Right. There are just certain things. <laughs> I, I don't, this, I don't know. This is like a different war film, though. This just felt, like, I'm trying well, to think of the only, la- like, there, There's a thing here that war movies typically don't do, and it really did, like, the mystery side of it. Mm. I I really really wanted to know how it ended. Despite all the fuck like it was like obviously it'll end in misery. Like mm. that's typically how war movies end. Like and that's but if you can make me wonder how that's going to come about, then I'm in. And that's typically what war movies lack. I'm just like I'm not, I don't want to watch this. This I'm trying to think of any other, like, war movie that I've watched and that I know, and the only one that's popping in my head is 1917. And that movie's just beautiful. Like, the camp, like, the whole, yeah, that's a whole, like, difference. So I, I, like, I'm not even really comfortable comparing the two, but, like, this, like, it felt real. Like, it just felt, I don't know, it was very hard to get taken out of this movie. Like right. uh, you, you're in. Like you're strapped in, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Like this is insane. And I don't know. Even like Chef's ca- like character, like he has this one part of the movie where he's like, "I just wanted to be a chef. Like I didn't even want to come here. Like yeah. I didn't sign up for." Oh, the the tiger. Yeah, when the tiger yeah. came out, and he and he just like broke down. And I'm like, "Dang!" Like, like whole that was like, some of the realest shit in the movie, you know? Because it was like. It it can just be one thing that's like too much. That's it. That's that. I'm I'm done. That's and that happens on a much smaller scale. Like that makes to sense. everybody. Like I could see how a soldier can get lost in like the the person versus I just person wanted to aspect. be a chef, yeah, man. Like, like killing people. Like you got like there's already something that you got to accept. But like if a tiger comes out and attacks you. That's like a true wake up call. Like yeah. that like as a soldier like you're not expecting a tiger, you know, to come out and attack you. But man, tiger, he, tigers where the line is drawn. Yeah, his like that was one of the moments where like a lot of this got me thinking of the legitimate like Vietnam War and like just war in general and like just one aspect like just being drafted, you know, like that's just got us like oh that's my gotta god suck. that that occurred to me during this too where i was just like 
you were just like you just got picked and then like you had to go go fire weapons at other people in the name of country thank you to our current military for being big enough to where we don't need a draft like ever if we ever go to like that like that that is one aspect where thank you you know we have enough volunteers to where we won't be drafted probably hopefully i don't know i hope we never go to war ever again um at least in my lifetime please God, that'd be nice <laughs> and hopefully many to come but um but yeah that i don't know this every like every character they really like you had a deep dive into all of them like you really felt for each of them like well and like and the perfect examples of that are are even the the playgirls the playboy girls that they they bring in forgot about that part of the movie uh yeah. that part of the movie like where they're the USO tour performance where they're up on stage dancing for them and stuff and they are all so ravenous and depraved and so fed up with the the life that they are in that they're like I will risk it all right here, right now to be with you. Uh, and it's like, God damn, there's just so many problems on all sides when it comes to like just the mil, just the military in general, just because like you can't like no matter what war is going to take its toll. It's not like it's regardless of how strong you are mentally physically anything it does not matter war is horrifying uh so like it's gonna take its toll and like it shows just how out of touch these men can become uh just no morality anymore like no sense no sense of what's right or it's just like dehumanization basically it like, is it absolutely is is in a word like I, that can be the if i could sum up war in a word as dehumanization like the soldiers are dehumanized the pe- both you know countries who are fighting the civilians of each countries are like well are is it the whole world gonna blow up now you know if just these dudes up in the white house decide to you know like it it's just dehumanizing yeah like that and this movie picks that up like it it uh shows you how these people can really just become so dissociated with and any th- like there was that when we go to them later on in the movie whenever they're on the boat and they happen upon their little camp and they're like i traded he's like i traded some fuel for like 15 minutes with the ladies here uh, and these ladies are desperate for someone to talk to. Like, please, for the it love of sad. God, listen, listen to me. Yeah. Uh, and like, they're just like actively undressing them and putting them in poses wherever they want and stuff. Like, it's like, oh my God, there's just, there's just so much dehumanization. You're exactly right. Like it's, obje- it's objectification to the, to the highest level, to the biggest degree. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's just it was so difficult to watch at that at that part of the movie but like it it at the same time you knew it was so important to the story they were telling like it was like it was just a another side of of 
that I, I'm so glad you said that the dehumanization, mm. like it's, that's the theme of this movie is becoming less, becoming less human. Everyone, everyone in the movie does. Kurtz, like that, just like the final, I mean, it's only like 30 minutes, maybe, maybe less than, an, I'd, I'd say less than an hour that Kurtz. Oh, certainly. Up, like, it's like 40 sure. minutes left yeah. in the movie, 35, 30. It's somewhere around there. Man, like just the way he spoke and the words he used and like. He's, he was a poet warrior, you know, like it, it, it's so fascinating it, to, to get the cult angle in here as well. Another, another angle of the dehumanization where it's like, we're all servants to this guy. It doesn't matter. Our lives don't matter. It's up to him. Like, that's just another, another side of it. And cults are so fascinating. They really are. Because this is a real thing. Like it's a very people people latch on to other people who are just normal people and go, This person has a connection to the to God or is God or Yeah, like if we wear these Nikes and put on a purple thing and uh drink this Kool-Aid, we'll all go up in the spaceship and like to make someone believe something like that. For one, you have to break them down. Yeah, like it's not like you're a good salesman or like you just know the right words to say. Like, no, you there there has to be something like you have to flip a switch in someone like completely. Like, I like Colts are very interesting. Like, it's honestly this is weird to say. It's impressive that these like cult leaders can do that like, no no i i get i get what you're saying like it's like it's it, it it's so unfathomable to me like yeah i can't imagine a following someone like that that like that's another thing is that like nobody can like i don't think it's like someone like wakes up and is like you know what i might do this week I might join a cult, you know, like, and if they do, they have a whole other problem going on, you know, but like, uh, like I can't, I, I, a, I can't imagine following someone like that. Like, I, I, it's just like, no, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. And B, I can't imagine being so, what's even the word for this guy that gets, gets people to follow him and listen to him. And like, is it just, is it just fear? Like, are they, are they afraid of him? Because like, it's clear that it's like, there's a degree of it where none of them ever know if they're safe. Like even, even the guy who was like, he's a poet warrior. He's like, he almost killed me yesterday. Yeah. That was pretty intense, but, uh, love him. Gotta, love him to death. Gotta do everything. He's everything. He says, no matter what, Without question, like, it's just not human anymore. You're taking all the aspects of that make you human and just, ooh. Biggest cult, I guess, is, like, the military. If you really want to, well, like, and see, it's that's, pretty that's, much the same thing. <laughs> it's kind of the statement, it's kind of the statement that's kind of made in every, every war movie is that, like, it, and what sucks is that it's 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 just a often it's a blind allegiance thing, mm -hmm. and I think a good example of the blind allegiance would be clean, like 
just being like, you're goddamn right. Let's fucking do this thing. Uh, like, and then there's the reluctant, like, goddamn, this sucks, but what the fuck am I going to do? Like, you, chef. You can't go home, you know, like. Yeah, and like, and like, chief, really. Like, chief is like, he doesn't seem interested at all. He doesn't want to be here, but it's his job, and he's, he's here. So, like, he's going to do his job. And like, it's, it's interesting because they all did provide a, a unique perspective on what was happening. And I think that Martin Sheen's character, what was his name? Uh, Willard. Is that, or Will, Will, uh, yeah, Willard. Willard, yeah, Ben Willard. Uh, his character's perspective on the war was definitely the most fascinating because it was clear that he didn't, he clearly didn't like it. You know, like he clearly wasn't on board, but he needed. He also was very clearly in search of a power that he didn't possess over himself. Like it's like, and it's interesting because we came into his character like already. He's been through war and he has PTSD. You know, we don't see him finished a tour. Yeah, we don't see him before. So like, this guy's already been through it, and like he needs like it to survive if he's just at home he's going through hell yeah it's 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 basically even worse than actually i don't know yeah it's it what like a a, it's just a double-edged sword no matter what you do like it won't be good like it's just so it's just so sad like once you've been through war there's not much you can do like, and there's so many issues with our military industrial complex. Like, it's like, why, why, why don't we have free college? Why don't we have free college? So that there's people who can't afford to go to college. And if there's people who can't afford to go to college, they need an outlet. They need a way to get money. How are they going to make that money? How are we going to live? What am I going to do? I'll join the military. They'll support me then. Hmm. Uh, Okay, I've gone I've gone to war. I'm back. Maybe I have a slew of mental health issues. I'm not I'm not going to have health insurance to help help me out though. Not any <laughs> not any good shit. That's that's for sure. Nope. Uh and obviously I'm not a veteran. I don't want to speak speak to the veterans experience or anything. I'm sure there are plenty of veterans who might say, you know, they had a ver- they ver- they had a very different experience. But from the outside looking in and like having known people who who have gone who who have been at war having uh, having a grandpa who was in the Vietnam war like mhm it's it seems pretty clear that nobody's having a good time you know what i'm saying like nope and if you are again you got a whole other thing going on um mm. it's uh Spend a whole lot of money on our military. Yeah, we do. And uh, we, sp- I think we're like 70-something percent of all the money on the earth that's spent on the military. We have 70% of that. And then with our own budget every year, I think our military spending's like, for some reason it's clicking like, e- it's either like 40 or 60. It's either a majority or it's right under a majority. Gotcha. I think I don't know, 
But well, uh, no, it's just it's just so fascinating that we've managed a like the like America is the greatest propaganda machine in the world. The fact that a great many people around the country can see it as twisted and uh, a failure to provide your citizens with comfort instead of them working for it all the time and like like providing them with the necessities of life we shouldn't be pouring money into that but hey if we spend trillions on the military we'll be fine what like it's crazy because we really never we really never gave up on the peace means having the bigger stick. No, nope. yeah, we will. ideology. That will uh I don't think that will ever change. Um some like honestly what we need to happen which is not good is like we need to lose. We've never <laughs> yeah. like we lost the Vietnam War but we didn't really like lose lose. Like, we just were in there. Well, because and, it was like, there's all that shit where it was like, it was never technically. Yeah. Like, we lost. And people don't like to yeah. admit it. I don't know, like, why. Like, we definitely lost. But, like, as, like, uh, the world leader, like, we've never had, like, a truly devastating. I guess Vietnam was devastating. People just don't like to admit it. But, like, we need to be but, humble. And that's another thing. I mean, is that, like, there have like, been various, like, that's another example of how America is such an incredible propaganda machine. There have been various devastating periods in our history in which we are an absolute evil, in which we have absolutely taken losses. And it's like, however, you know, you go to elementary school and you say the Pledge of Allegiance five times a week. That is, talk about another cult. <laughs> like, Bro, that's cult. We shit. said that shit every single day that's when i was in elementary school that is weird to think of now like we didn't think anything of it you know we were kids like yeah we say the pledge of allegiance honestly like we got excited like it's so we got excited to like say it like even like sometimes like let's do the pledge yeah like, like it's it's like a it's like an exciting thing like it was like a some well the students were like oh like uh like a yeah. like when we got old you know like into fifth grade fourth grade well and know, that's and, and that's uh, the only reason we don't do it every day in high school in high school we still did it once a week though we did every monday every monday when you got to school you were supposed to do the pledge whoa like, I get like a a national anthem, like a before, like a you know, like that. That's a that's like a, a an event. You know, that's not an everyday thing. That's like no, something yeah. you know where to represent like your your country, whatever. But like a like a pledge before to start the day, like what? Like, is it what? like a? Do you? I kind of what what could that what else could that possibly be for besides indoctrination? Does it end with amen or no? I'm just I'm blanking. Pledge allegiance, Pledge allegiance to the flag United of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and trust for all. Okay, no, so no, so it just ends with that. Okay, but it does say uh, one nation under God. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, it's like a 
basically the closest you can get to a prayer that's like not a prayer. Like it, it's it's a it's basically the American version of a prayer. Like no, it's uh, really it is really fascinating how American ideals are so closely tied to Christianity and like uh, you know, like it's it's in our pledge, one nation under God, capital G. Like, and we're open to all religions and and like in our <laughs> First Amendment, there's the freedom of religion. It's like yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. But if you're gonna be president, you better put your hand on this Bible, though. That's true. That is uh Wow. You're going to be president, you better put your hand on this Bible, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just it's just fascinating. It's just fascinating. But uh, mm. that, that another credit to this film, it just makes you think. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, may, it, it provokes thoughts like because that's it's that's really what it's about is like it's about our the way we treat our, our the dehumanization of our military, of our soldiers and how it affects them negatively. War uh, sucks. War sucks, and it will always suck. Yeah, it's, that's, like, so sad that, like, drop two bombs. Two. Like, the one was already enough. I, like, I, the way I was thinking is, uh, these villages that we see, like, there are, like, there's a school and we see like children and the women like all having to like run away as the helicopter is like approaching. And it made me think of like how many civilians just died during war. But then like the bombs, like that's a that's a city. Like that's right. that's like just civilians. Like straight up just a that's, city. And that's we, so evil. And that's we did so it evil. Twice. Like Oh, and like, and what's like, what's worse is like, oh. that's not like, obviously those are the two biggest events in which it's like, those were so clear cut, what was trying to be done, obvious intention, but the amount like as recently as, I mean, all the presidents, uh, but like Obama, people fondly remember Obama more drone strikes than any president of all time. Which meant more accidental drone strikes on civilians. That's true. That's a whole nother... Like, we see Hiroshima and Nagasaki as, like, like massive civilian loss, but it's just, like, at one time. The yeah, thing, like, with, we've it's done, just spread we've out. We've done that yeah. several times. It's just spread out. Yeah. And, like... It's just true. It's just evil in both ways, you know? Like, it's not good either way. Like, oh no, it's painful. It's painful. It's just, no, nobody wins and nobody will, nobody will ever win. And that's like, and what I said there, you know, like people remember Obama fondly and like with good reason. Like, he's about as presidential of a president as we've had, was as charismatic as they get, as seemingly kind and nice and someone to be proud of in Mm -hmm. the United States presidency. But it is just an inherently evil position. Like there's just nothing you can do to avoid it unless you are instilling major change. Like major change. It's almost I know you gotta play the game. You gotta play the game. We're too deep. We're too far in. You know, like 
if we yeah. if we wanted to just say like we're going to take back like all our stuff, you know, we're going to like just we're going to chill out, like the world would be like, "No, we don't trust you." Like, yeah, right, you know, like even if we truly had like a president that wanted to do that, like the world wouldn't like they'd be like, "Sure." Come on. Come on. You're just withdrawing all your military all of a sudden. Okay, expect a worldwide invasion. You know, it's <laughs> like, like we have embassies everywhere. And like how many like embassies are here? You know? How many embassies do we have in the United States? And like, see that's the thing is that like we probably have plenty, but they're going to be in cities like New York. Yeah. And like but we have uh, US embassies every everywhere and like anywhere that we can have anything like we have it there i mean i know i know we talked about this like months ago on a patreon or something but like you ever see foreign soldiers do you ever see foreign soldiers people in other countries see american soldiers all the fucking time (laughs) that's like only war that we've had here I mean, obviously the Civil War. Civil, but uh, any... Spanish-American. So, but, yeah. Every other... Yeah, it's always been somewhere else, though. Like, if it's not internal, like, basically, when it's the world that's, like, in focus. Yeah, um, yeah we've, we've never had, like, a... Well, and it's interesting because, like, that could be viewed, and obviously we do have events like, like 9-11, which was an act of war, which acted on civilians and that's happened a couple of times as far as the public knowledge is concerned uh but we don't got nothing like 18 million people lost at once man can you imagine if a atomic bomb hit new york like it th- that's the that, that's create the crazy difference is that people see an atomic bomb dropped on hiroshima as like okay but then you see it like, oh, New York. Oh, like, yeah, right. Like, that's horror. Like, you couldn't drop one on New York. Like, it's just like, you know, like, there's a disconnect. Like, it's not the same thing. It's the same exact thing, you know. And like, it's not – and, like, that's that's the propaganda of nationalism. Mm. Like, it's like – it's just not as big a deal if something happens somewhere else. It's crazy. Uh, and, and, like – and What a movie. Again, that's that's a – like our our media machine keeps you focused on internal struggle and like what's going on here and there are outlets you can get worldwide news that's that's definitely but you you do have to go get it mhm very weird just... yeah what a what an interesting time we live in too like it, this and, it feels like people are waking up now you and, know and, it certainly does, and it's interesting because I think social media is, like, all in all terrible and absolute evil. But you cannot deny that the way that the internet has accelerated things and social media has accelerated things and made things faster, that it – I think – I don't think it is – like, obviously people are waking up, like – there's just it's so much easier to see mm-hmm. how terrible things are. And like 
you know, there's this thing where like, I know anxiety and depression have always existed. That's always a thing that has existed throughout history. But do you really think it was ever to the degree that it is now? No, no. Like I, I had a conversation with some friends and I was like, if I could choose right now, if money just wasn't a problem and I could choose just anywhere to live on earth, I don't think I'm choosing the United States right now. Like it's very low on my list. Like it's not even Mm -hmm. like a, it's annoying to live here because we're basically the laughing stock of the world. Everyone's just looking at us and like, look at those idiots. So that's that they just can't sucks. figure a single goddamn thing out. Like we're the most divided. Co- like it, we think that everything that happens in America is happening everywhere else. Like people think that Europe has the same like problems that we do, but like the the problems in Europe is like they just don't have like the infrastructure and like the like they have. I don't know. Our problems are stupid. <laughs> Our problems can be easily solved if people just were a little more compassionate. And like, right. We think that what happens in the we, USA is happening everywhere, but like, we're well. And, and another thing there is that we've created such an individualist society. Like, it's like, look out for you. Like, it. it, it it's just really fascinating. It's like you have to create your destiny. Mm. You got to manifest. You got to manifest that shit. That's on you. Uh, and there's only one place where that's possible in America. Take pride in where you're from. Don't give a shit about your community, but take pride in where you're from. Uh, and it's like it's just it's just a series of mixed messages that are articulately or not so articulately strung about Mm. and kind of just like shoved in our face. I guess we could say a few positives of America. Well, I mean, I like being able to say all this. People say that we have good cereal. Uh, Like our food is really like just because we're like, it makes sense. You know why our food's better. Um, But like, and and I will say like, other than that, we do have great freedoms. Like, other places in the world, I wouldn't have been able to say this into a microphone. That's true, and that that's like fair. that's cool. I love the freedom of speech. That rocks. It really does. Uh, and and like that's the thing is the idea. The idea is there. It just hasn't been properly executed on. Mm. Like the general ideals that America you are taught to believe in and are indoctrinated to believe is the way America works. Everybody's equal and everyone, everyone can prosper. Everyone has opportunity in theory, Mm -hmm. but not in practice. Mm -hmm. And, and like, that's, that's the problem until it is in practice. We'll be, we'll just be the people who aren't living up to their word. You know, like we're just basically lying. Mm. And that's like, that's just, it just pisses me off. <laughs> the crazy know? thing about our life is that like, we think like we haven't really lived through war, but we've been in war 
our entire lives, basically. Our entire lives. So, yeah. like, it's crazy to think that, like, that we lived through a war period. I mean, it wasn't to the level – I mean, it kind of is, though. It and is. it's insane that we're, like, downplaying – That disconnected. Yeah, like, we're that – like, just like, oh, yeah, we, our entire lives that we can remember, we've been in war. Like, it is – and that's crazy just to say out loud – and think no yeah like, like when when we withdrew soldiers from afghanistan last last year or earlier this year even i can't remember that mm-hmm. such a fucking wild couple of years that it's like what the fuck has even happened but like COVID whenever era. the fuck that happened mm-hmm. there were people that i knew who were like oh we were at war yeah like we were in a war war like yeah i think people know that we have a conflict in the middle east and that's basically it like i well, think it's also fa- that's like i mean that was kind of my under like growing up i'm like yeah we have something going on in the middle east i can't tell you what's really going on though like no. I, like and that's the thing is that like the conflict in the middle east that specific terminology there's a reason you went with that specific terminology because it's all we've ever fucking heard about the conflict in the middle east (laughs) nobody can articulate what the conflict in the middle east is we just know that there is a fucking conflict and it's like what the and it's like there are people who like wow yeah is like israel and palestine i won't dive into that now but it's like that is like one part of the conflict in the middle east there's so much. And then it's just, like, like, rippling, like... It was sad whenever, like, I, tr- like, figured out, like, what was actually happening of it. Like, just, I, like, whenever I looked into it, like, it was before the release of the soldiers. I don't know. I, there was, like, just a, a time Well, there where... was a lot of talk early on in this year about the Israeli-Pakistan... Mm-hmm. Or Pakistan. Israeli-Palestine conflict. Yeah. Like, it was a... It was... There was a lot of stuff going on early on in the year in the Gaza Strip that just looked... That was just terrible. And then just uh, knowing, like, how many soldiers that we had over there and, like, man, just what a – it's a war. Like, a literal war. Like, why are we saying war. conflict? Like, yeah, like, war. It's a synonym, basically. We're just – yeah, yeah, we've been just hidden to say the way war. The way yeah. things <laughs> the way things aren't racist, they are racially motivated. Mm. Uh, That's true. Yeah, wow. Yeah, like, we just got to be more uh, – to the point. Yeah. We're trying to be too comfortable. Sugarcoat. Yeah. That's yeah, a good way to duh. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's a some it's a some bitch. Uh the the propaganda machine we live in. Uh but it's effective clearly. Um I mean, hey, this movie got uh, us to talk about war for almost an hour straight. Like that's that's the point. Like a, that is the point like, of the movie. I truly think that's the point of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's like because it really was just depicting the downfall of a soldier. Like that's all of them. All nobody saw a rise. Nobody did. It was all downhill. There was no the redemption. Yeah, the, you had no redemption. Like it, everyone loses. And apocalypse now. I didn't even think of the title. Yeah, until uh, like. No, tr- that's shit. a good. That's a good word. 
like it truly is an apocalypse like war, like dehumanization and apocalypse are two well and i love i and now mm. like it's not not coming like, it's yet. not coming it's not in the future uh, apocalypse now right now yeah that Kind of makes yeah, a lot it's, more it, it was a great movie. Yeah. Like, uh, and this conversation only really fueled my enjoyment for it, mm-hmm. frankly. Uh, but I don't have much else to say. Uh, I think it was really well written, really well directed, incredibly acted. Uh, the soundtrack slaps mm. visually, this very stimulating. That that was uh the opening sequence was just <sighs> awesome too. Like the whole ah oh, yeah, this movie was awesome. Um, so, shall we do some ratings? I think we shall. I, this one's interesting. Uh, like as a job. oh, we're also kicking off March, aren't we? I forgot about that. This is the first episode of March. This is true. Happy March, everybody! What a great happy month. March. Um, this month's just great. Not no reason in particular, but uh, just a great month to be born in. Maybe. Uh, anyway, this this and I like this month is looking good for movies too. Um, yeah, it is. But. As, like, an enjoyment, like, there's part of the war movies that, like, you just kind of don't enjoy because, like, you know, like it the Playboy part, like, yeah, that just sucks to watch. All, like, just civilians dying and stuff like that. But, like, this was a different... I, it's still high. Like, yeah. I still enjoyed watching the movie. It kept me, and I was enthralled. Uh, so, like, I'd go, like, a four. Like it's it's definitely it's definitely not any lower than that. That's like that's like as low as I'd go. That's fair. I was yeah, I was uh I'm trying to think like four out of five stars there. That seems about right, I'd say. Yeah, I don't uh I don't think I have any arguments. I'm trying to think of at like as a genre like war film. I mean, this is pretty gold standard for. Uh, yeah, this is this is pretty much as good as it gets. I think, as far as like I like, I think that's this is gonna, just going to be a very common trend with all these movies because like it's the one of the best movie, if not the best movie of the year, and yeah. the genre like it makes sense that a lot like that a lot of we've gotten a lot just... of five out of fives in the genre because like they just define the genre, um, but. Yeah, I'd go. I'd go five out of like this is a five out of five war film. Like this is like, I can't. I can hardly articulate for you a better way to execute a war film. Like this is this is as good as it gets for me. Man, out as a critical film rating, this is uh, it's up there. Like good movie. It's a great movie. No, it's like a really, really good movie. Like, I, I want to go like four point seven five, like four point eight. I was up there. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm up there. Like, it's four point six at like the least. Yeah, I'd say like, uh, I was floating more around four seven, four seven five is uh what I was probably floating around. Uh, trying to think, like visually beautiful, the story beautiful. Um, like the acting act. Yeah. Like I can't think of an aspect of this that suffers actually, you know, like, uh, I guess it's just cause we watched the extended version though. It's a little long. Yeah. Yeah. Like I guess, but like 
of the original, I'm I'm very curious to uh, what's cut out. Um, yeah, like, like what wasn't in the original cut of this movie. I'm sure we wouldn't miss anything. You know, I don't no. think there's part of the story that like is made so much better by this extended version. No, but, I don't like, think so either. And that's that's really where I'm like, it's not a five. Like it's just, like it's because this isn't perfect. There were parts where I was like. All right, let's let's keep it rolling. Let's get going here because I'm kind of like, what the fuck is even going on actually at this moment? I don't completely understand. Uh, I'd say like a four seven, four seven five. I I I I'm cool with four seven. I think that I think that's a fair place to put it. All right, that uh gives it an average of four point five seven, which uh it's pretty good. That seems about right. That's, an, a, that's over a nine. That's a nine average. out of ten. So, um, I guess now, if we want to look back to previous months, um, this is a little bit above Thirty Six Chamber of Shaolin. Uh, that was a four point four five. Um, Star Wars, obviously a five. So this ranks actually. There's only one, two, three, three movies better. Four movies better. Star Wars. Jaws, Godfather, yeah, part one and two. Those are the only movies that rank better than it. And you know what? Hearing what movies rank better than this, I go, that's that's the those are the correct four movies to have better than this. And then a movie uh, that's barely a little worse, you have Clockwork Orange. Yeah. So Clockwork Orange and Thirty Six Chamber are really close. So like, um, that makes sense. And you have Mash down there. So that that one. Yeah, like this uh a four point five seven I think makes makes sense for this movie. It was I think so too. It was great. I think so too. And uh for a three hour movie to hold you in to watch it all like first time, like that that does say something of the movie. Um, oh absolutely. Yeah. Uh and I think I think Francis Ford Coppola can be credited for that a lot. His directorial style is just it's enthralling. It keeps you you're you're in the universe regardless really of what it is. cares about the characters. I like yeah, the characters and their stories like are very crucial. And I'm glad that like uh like they didn't just focus on the explosions and killing, you know, like uh like a right. lot of war movies do. Like people just want to like a movie like 300. Like a lot of people like the movie 300 because of all the fight sequence, like they, the blood yeah, the blood the... and the the sword fights. But then, like, you look at the actual story that's happening during 300, and you're like, oh, like, yeah, it's, it's, this it's is like, devastating. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a good movie, I'd say, but like compared to this, like, Apocalypse Now is just leagues above. Just so much better. Yeah. So, I think that's fair. I think I've I've said everything I wanted to say about it. I think. I think so too. Uh, it was, I mean, and like I said at the top, not a big, not a big war movie guy, mm -hmm. not, not exactly my bag. And, uh, for this to have like, and again, like I said, I wanted to watch it in three hour installments and I watched it all in one sitting. Mm -hmm. And if you can, if you can do that, get me to change my plans, then that's, then you did good. Like you did good. That was a good fucking movie. Uh, but yeah, I don't have anything else to say. I think we that concludes the seventies, baby. Seventies are over. Wow, man, already what a decade of film. What a decade of film, and we'll we'll just like we'll get to look back and ogle all over it, 
just be like, oh, God, that was beautiful. This was great. Let's talk about it. And the Penny Bloom 70s Awards where the only pool of films are the 10 we discussed throughout the 70s. We'll have a Best Director, Best Writer, Best Actor, Best Actress, maybe even Best Film. Kind of easy to determine based off ratings and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it'll all be it'll all be over there. A decade score of a 4.35 of the entire a decade. A decade score of a 4.35. Okay. The seventies, seventies coming in hot mm-hmm. with a four point three five, and I, and we've only got we've only got good shit to look forward to in the eighties. Uh, starting next week, second week of March, we're jumping into nineteen eighty, and uh, where better to start than with the guy whose movie we did talk about in the seventies, Stanley Kubrick, The Shining. Mm, I cannot uh, wait for you to see this movie. I'm so excited for this. So excited for this. And you know, 81, I think we got Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh we've got we've got a lot of good stuff to look forward to, especially in this month of March. Uh it's going to be a fucking good one. Uh but yeah. I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, buddy. Thank you for having me. It is always a pleasure to be here. And it's always a pleasure to have you. And uh, obviously, I'll talk to you next week for 1980's The Shining. Uh, in the meantime, head to patreon.com slash Bloom, where you'll find well over 21 hours of exclusive content not available anywhere else. Over 32 uh, exclusive installments of Patreon content. Uh, there's also a bunch of artwork I put over there not available anywhere else. Uh, typically artwork involving Star Wars or Marvel characters. Sometimes I'll branch out, but that's mostly what it is just because I'm usually hype off of whatever I, whatever's new that I've been watching lately, and it's usually something Star Wars or Marvel-related. Um, so can't can't wait for you to go check that out. Again, head over to the 70s Awards show uh, where we just, again, look back on the 70s as a whole, and, uh, well, not as a whole, uh, 70s of the 10 movies we watched and uh, we'll give you we'll give you some uh, some overall feedback on the decade. Uh, go to Twitter and follow at Penny Bloom Pod. Head to Instagram and follow at Penny Bloom Podcast. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Of course, had to be. Had to. It had was the, to. like I know it was the obvious one, but it was the, one, it was the right one. It was the right had one. To.